नमस्ते एंड वेलकम टू दर्सडे टेन पी एम शो दर्लियर वेन्सडे टेन पी एम शो विल थर्सडे टेन पी एम शो एंड ऑन दिस थर्सडे पी एम शो वी आर गोइंग टू टॉक अबाउट आवर फॉरन मिनिस्टर डॉक्टर एस जयशंकर एंड टू टॉक अबाउट हिम एंड इम्पैक्ट इज मेकिंग we have with me shri vibhuti jha as well as shri vijay sardana and just like the wednesday 10 pm show this is going to be an english show so uh, let me get uh, vibhuti ji first which are the best one liners or two liners that you liked from dr s jayashankar uh you know there is one particular one which uh, has not got publicity because it was a private event uh, when uh, he released the book modi at 20 at india uh, indo american art culture association which when which uh, my friend rakesh kolji the president and it's a very good team culture and all in that conversation he did talk about very simply in our country we accept election outcomes so so that was a very poignant statement everybody everybody was clapping lot of people clapped some thought some thought it was a pointer to trump it was but it was also which people in the post speech discussion they realized that it was also to democrats because they were the ones who were saying during trump time not my president right so it is it is a question of convenience so he is a classic diplomat without naming names he's told the malay that exists in our system in america and which because as a participant i'm knowing i'm realizing it even more we were earlier outside uh, observers now i'm in it so you know you you can see the play that is happening in this part that was a very little known aside that he made at the american political system in which he when he she said in our country we accept election outcomes <laughs> 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 that was really? one but i also also wanted to add one more and that is a particular delight to me as oh. the viewers of this group will know uh, you know like <clears throat> i was particularly happy to hear one mr uh, uh, mr say that uh he said very sweetly it was not a it was not a uh, not a, a a bad comment it was a very nice sir tabla bajao <laughs> rajeshwar daya ji ke sir tabla bajao so that was nice that aapke tabli ke jo shuruaat karte hain program ka that is very nice actually so tabla bajao kyunki hum yahan pe tabla bajate hain logon ki so okay other one which is very very satisfying for me sanjay ji you know it and the audience knows here that i have always been saying that if we don't define ourselves others define us and i was particularly grateful to hear him say this particular thing and i quote him this is something which we need to be aware of it is a, it is important to contest it isn't because most americans will not know what sort of the nuances and the complexities of back home so it is important not to sit back not let other people define me this is the for me 
this is one of the most important lessons that every indian must pick up if we don't talk about ourselves if we don't define ourselves others will define us and it is in that context that his comment about the media that washington post and others he said that everybody knows what they are going to write even about this meeting but because they nobody is listening to them in india they are coming to beat the drum outside to to influence very very important that's my take on it tabla baja unhone tabla baja di yahan pe media ki bhi vijay ji what is your take i really like the statement which uh, on us soil now before i start let me uh, convey my regards to all the viewers and to both of you uh, what i liked about the whole conversation when we are talking about uh, foreign policy and we are discussing and trade off between india pakistan china us and so many things the most important thing which i really enjoyed you are not fooling anybody when you are giving grant to pakistan and saying it is to fight against terrorism i am giving f16 spears and the counter to that was you are not fooling anybody it means point here comes up is very very clear that what is your motive what is your intention what you are trying to do with india yes if you are not saying anything does not mean that we don't understand this is i think what assertive india is all about when uh, modi said uh, long back when it came to power when it comes to foreign policy ke hum aankh dikha ke nahi aankh mila ke baat karenge so this is what i think today when india is asserting itself at global forums in such important events and from american soil it conveys a lot about what india is thinking what foreign minister is thinking and what is the political backup to him and that's why in one of the press conference he mentioned uh, i envy the you know, who is going to be the foreign minister of india in 2047 but it is also a privilege to be a foreign minister in modi's government so i think it is a very very powerful message which we all have to accept absolutely absolutely and i think uh, i'll also mention my favorite sure uh, my favorite is uh, what he said i think it was in brussels uh, to the european union that uh, europe thinks that uh, its problems are the world's problems and uh, but the world's problems are not its problems so when we were having trouble we were told do more trade and he left it at that <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so, in the context of what they do in wto and uh, the kind of uh, preachings that they do routinely to the uh, other countries i think uh, that was a very very powerful statement and of course coupled to that uh, he also said that uh, about the uh russian energy purchase to which i think somebody had asked a question to which he said that what we buy in a month europe buys in an afternoon that's right 
the beauty and, of what he conveys of course is now pushing india's narrative india's self confidence right. he does it in a very sophisticated manner uh, in fact to supplement what you are saying is again in uh, european visit when in brazil where he mentioned i think uh, when he said that india is entitled to make its own decision and i think yes that that is very very assertive that we know what we are doing and we cannot be you know pushed here and there the way you were trying to do earlier i think it's a very powerful message overall i think in last 6 months or so post covid when the international diplomacy coming to the stage and where people are interacting and media coverages are taking place face to face i think a lot of one liners are emerging and they are really you know shaking the world diplomacy i'm saying the what he's trying to convey is not only context of india but i think the overall developing economies and other countries are also finding that india is emerging as a true leader and they are asserting and that's why maybe people are not able to say openly but i'm sure many many diplomats and foreign ministers must be backing what uh, dr jayashankar is saying in different places i also wanted to add here there was 2 years ago prior to covid there was a uh, indian council general mr sandeep chakravarti here and uh, you know he shared with us jayashankar ji's message at that time he had mentioned jayashankar ji had made a statement you are going to see a muscular response to indian diplomacy in a very short time and i'm very delighted that he lived up to his word and i had asked uh, i had requested sandeep ji that so far you have been a non aligned uh, foreign uh, external affairs uh, matters in 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 external affairs matters now you have to to be muscular you have to receive different kind of training in word play and word uh, you know saying things that matter you know that that is one part of the formula that i am very happy about that now government of india and the country as a whole is asserting itself that's my take on it that's a very positive thing and it is important that avahan the call is going to the people of india that you can't be sitting idle and waiting for government alone to do and that is why he told the nri community here told the media here that you are these people are the ambassadors of our cultural impressions you are responsible for changing the american mindset which i have always said here and the viewers will hear it again that when the us senator once told me that we love you indians as immigrants to the community for all that you do here without being a violent group of people without law and order problem every the cultural values the issue here is that now everybody has begun to realize that these group of people are not to be taken for granted because we contribute handsomely we pay so much money in taxes and that recognition has come since and i give the man the full credit mr modi installed a sense of pride wo jo corruption ka jo badge pehen ke hum ghumte the during congress rule jo chhapa jata tha hum pe corrupt indian is gone and that itself has installed so much confidence in indians that we are no longer part of a corrupt regime that's my take on it the very positive things are happening the imaging is happening big time and as the saying goes in foreign relationships or everywhere else perception matters now perception matters and it is now visible to all of us and we should be proud of that 
Quite right. And I, I also would like to mention, uh, Vijayji, particularly, that uh, India's response uh, in matters such as uh, the Leicester events, what happened in the UK, and uh, for the first time I saw such a quick reaction from the Indian High Commission. And uh, the advisory that was issued to the Indians for going to Canada, that was, I think, uh, absolutely a first. And uh, that's really irritated or annoyed or, uh, I should say, <clears throat> uh, that's shocked Canada so much that they issued an advisory yesterday saying that you should be careful of landmines in India. <laughs> <laughs> Then about so, Turkey, just, just mentioning about Turkey, that when Turkey uh, talked about uh, Kashmir, that uh, Ardivan mentioned Kashmir in his address to the United Nations General Assembly, the next day there was a meeting with the Turkish uh, foreign minister. So Dr. S. Jashankar, in his understated manner, brought up Cyprus. And Turkey was absolutely shocked because it had never been brought up before. So I think, uh, so the point which you are raising is extremely important because see, so far everybody was saying that we will judge India the way we want. People were talking all sorts of rubbish about India. You know, sometimes if you look into the way some of the communities or NGOs in America is talking about intolerance in India, some minority, you know, harassment in India, all sorts of baseless things without knowing the ground reality, what is happening in India. We all are living in India. We know even when we travel abroad, I think still I can tell you that you go to many places in the world, India is still the safest country if you look at. So one we have to look at is that when people were trying to pass jurisdiction or I will say that opinion about India's civil society, I think this was absolutely out of context. It was not required. And I think for the first time, when we know that with social media today, things are coming very, very clearly to us. And it is very irritating when we know that everything is peace here and suddenly somebody from Canada or UK or America, some NGO says there is a, you know, harassment going on, violence going on, you know, that as if everything is going out of control in this country. Maybe some fringe elements are doing something does not make that India is going out of control. Now, I think we are, we have decided as a country that we are not going to listen to all these crap, which is coming from so-called intellectuals of the world. I think it is high time we should assert and we should have our own opinion on their internal matters, if that is the case, because everybody was making issues on our internal matters. And we were accepting it as if when we say that, you know, against India, something is published in American newspaper or European newspaper or some other newspaper. And it was really bothering us. Now, I think time has come to convey the message that we also know how to convey. And it is hyper connected world today. And whether it is an incidence in UK or whether it's an incidence in Canada, India deserves to have its own opinion and advisory to its own citizens for their welfare and safety. Now, if it is hurting the image of Canada or UK or any other part of the world, I think then they have to be very careful in future because then they should be ready to accept because there are much more 
crimes which are happening in those parts of the world but not reported not covered when india will make such statements more and more such crimes will be reported and documented and i think indian diplomacy will give a suitable reply i think <clears throat> that is where the even i will say the level playing field will emerge in global diplomacy and which is good for india vibhuti ji i have some statements from dr jayashankar which are directed at the united states so as a member of the republican party of the united states uh, it is for your consideration sure <laughs> two or three of them so first of all first of that is there is an issue of what does the us expect abroad and what does the us give at home i think there is a reconciliation there that needs to be done comment Uh, absolutely this is something uh, very important and i have been saying this even to my party is that i commented on this aspect with reference to the f16 sale uh, or giving the 450 million dollars to pakistan and the justification of that to quote mr jashankar's own not quote exactly but mr jashankar said who who are you feeling fooling this is what is important for america to realize that i said i have said this before and i'm saying it again and this is the message i'm conveying gone are the days when news travel four days later through wire and other other uh, other media today the words carry instantaneously to use a uh, you know just an example news travels faster than lightning light so this is what is happening today sitting on this particular instrument of ours we can check the traffic uh, traffic situation and weather conditions in a street on mongolia in ulaanbaatar the point which is people are now beginning to realize see republican party though it is business one there is one element of that party is that realism doesn't go away from their play yes there is a deep state there is a pentagon there is a need for controlling there is a desire to be the global policeman but it was basically a policy taken that do we need to be everywhere do we need to be the global policeman why doesn't middle east handle its own problem why are we trying to solve other people's problem so there is a realism in in the in the republican party with reference to how we deal with others because they they have this somewhere along the line the christian faith comes to play do unto others what you don't expect to be done to yourself right so with their religious kind of an intonation they are willing to accept and listen to various issues that goes about then they see how to make your agenda work according to what the world is looking at not otherwise in the case of a democratic party they have taken the responsibility we are the ones doing everything even biden chuckled the other day admitted we will we know how to do the how to blow up the north stream too right why make that statement you know you you would not see this kind of a thing happening with reference to republican party the irresponsible statements so yes there is a seeping realization in america right now is that do we need to be everywhere considering the fact the business realization that if we have to grow businesses elsewhere then we have to have a political stability yes there has been nicaragua there has been uh, you know all the kind of thing that deep state does but there is a global realize serious re- realization in the us to extend to which to interfere or not to interfere and in the case of india is crystal clear there is no other country in the world that can be a big business partner 
than India at this point in time. Okay, and uh, let me ask you also, what do you make of this? I mean, I have not been able to understand what he is hinting at. He says, I mean, the United States has had an 18-year military commitment in Afghanistan. And frankly, I can't think of any country other than the United States, which is even capable of such a commitment. So is he saying that U.S. is absolutely stupid? Or is he saying that U.S. is a great power? Vijayji, what do you think of it? I think, see, it is interesting thing is that when you commit for 18 years and then suddenly disappear. And so message is very clear that if you ask me very honestly, that you commit for 18 years, but what is the end product and what is the outcome you expected out of that? So the reason is becoming very clear that when it comes to commitment or taking positions in international forum or such responsibilities, U.S. can only make commitments, but it is not guaranteed that they will deliver the peace or the solution to the problem. We have to be very clear on that. I can make commitments, but whether that commitment will lead to solutions, will it is solve the problem? Whether U.S. has capability to deliver the solution, today this is in question. And I think this is where the U.S. policymakers have to seriously think. And if you ask me, my own assessment of the situation, not only Afghanistan, whether it is Middle East, whether it is uh, Africa, whether it is uh, climate change, where anything will look at where U.S. initially gave commitment and abruptly withdrawn. The answer is very clear. U.S. is a self-centered, selfish policy-making democracy. Because they will only look at short-term vested interest. Minute they realize that it is no more serving their objective or purpose or profitable, they can abruptly quit. And you will see anywhere in the world, this was the outcome of all U.S. administration policies. Whether it's Afghanistan, whether it's in Africa, whether it is in Middle East, whether it is Cuba, you name it. As long as they are having some agenda which is serving their purpose, they will continue to do posturing, they will invest, they will make noise, everything. But after that, they will not even consult their friends. They will not even consult their allies. They will not even consult to whom they were inviting to work with them, whether it is Afghanistan or other places. So this is a big credibility question today on American administration. And I think the American people should ask, if you have no plans, if you are only doing it for momentary or short-term agenda, then why burning our dollars? So, or become a responsible uh, global power if you want to have credibility, because action speaks louder than the words. So what they are saying and what they are doing as of today, American diplomacy and politics, this serious mismatch. So we are watching action, and that is what Dr. Jaisankar has very clearly said. You are not fooling anyone. Because what you are saying and what you are doing, there is a serious mismatch, even in the case of $450 million given to Pakistan. As if we don't know how to fight terrorism, your F-16 is required to fight terrorism. Either America does not understand what terrorism is all about, or they don't understand what F-16s are designed for, or they don't have no understanding how to eradicate the problem, 
or they don't understand the Pakistan or they don't understand India. I think there's somewhere serious problem. Otherwise, if America is trying to act smart by saying that because you are not supporting us in Russia or in Ukraine crisis, you are not sitting with us in our side of the fence, then we will pop up again Pakistan to create trouble for you. If this is the attitude of American administration, then I think it will be difficult for America to justify their existence as superpower in coming days. Well, I think they are super sliding power right now rather than superpower. <laughs> and that is why in the context of Pakistan, there was another thing that uh, uh, Dr. Jay Shankar told the Americans and that is something that, okay, terrorism is not being conducted in Pakistan in some dark corners. It is being done in broad daylight. And uh, I think uh, the Americans now have more than one trouble to contend with. Of course, they are struck in uh, Ukraine. And uh, now we have a feisty lady in Italy, Georgia Melanie. What do you think of her, Vibhuti ji? Oh, I just loved what she said. <laughs> in one sentence, but I would she say. She is that actually, was... I mean, whatever she was saying, whatever I heard her say, it looked like she was addressing the uh, U.S. Democrats. She was. She, she's, she's straight away. That is a thing called a straight shooting. That's what is required now. You can't hide anymore. The scenario is that even if the mainstream media suppresses the news, they are getting the flack from people who are not watching the mainstream media. For three days, I have not watched the television at all. My life didn't change. I have many other sources to gather news from. So I don't need, need to do that. That's where the problem arises for America, that you are controlling of media through big tech, Facebook. Like Facebook, uh, Zuckerberg accepted that they were based on certain feedback that FBI gave that they suppressed one news or promoted another news. So when you have a collusion of that kind, people get to see that. There is no other option. And I, I'm reminded of one simple thing which I said 10 years ago, that with the advent of technology at the rate at which it's happening, people will find it difficult, particularly politicians will find it difficult to misrepresent the truth in more ways than one because people will see through that. And that's the important part, that the U.S. government also is recognizing it. Politicians, a Biden may not recognize, a Trump may not recognize, but the people have begun to see that there is nothing we can do about it. Technology is something which is here. It's not going anywhere. You stop one, something else starts. So this is the issue which is very important, and the United States will have to deal with it. Absolutely. You can't be a global policeman in this 21st century. That's what is important here. Uh, and, uh, you know, there are, there are other realizations as well. Everybody now knows something which we would have read in the newspaper five days or 10 days later as suppressed news. It is important to see that we saw live how people, United States, exited from Afghanistan. There is nothing, no narrative or no PR machinery can improve upon that image, that reality of billions of dollars worth of arms left and run. Now you are giving billions of dollars to, to Ukraine. Who are we actually fooling is a, is a critical decision, particularly when you are having serious problems of economy here, you are writing checks to somebody else. This, these are 
serious conflation of events that one has to deal with. And I think this country has one thing in favor. Because of two-party system, the, the possibility of them coming together is higher than average. The one thing which is both parties in their own way believe that we are doing the best for the country in our own way, which is true. But now there is going to be a conflation of the interest because now you can't kill the hen, the goose that lays the golden egg. That's what is important. Quite right. And uh, I think uh, uh, you have uh, an Italian challenger. <laughs> Mr. I have an Italian lady challenger, but she's a Democrat. Oh. There's a difference between the prime minister, uh, prime minister of Italy and this lady here. As the saying goes, never take your opposition for granted. Uh, so I'm I'm moving. No, 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 but now you can pull the Italian votes. You can tell the Italian don't vote for no, a Democrat. This particular, uh, this particular community don't vote for the Vokes. <laughs> the Vokes are there plenty, and uh, you know. So this time, this time in me, Republican Party has a have a, has a strong candidate. We have had two debates so far. I did very well. I'm very happy to inform you and your viewers. I did very well in those two debates. There was one okay, debate great. in which they gave seven questions, very deep questions prepared by a civic association in, in my constituency. Detailed question. Each of my answers got massive ovation. My opponent's responses did not get any worthwhile ovation at all. And there were 1,400 people watching live on Facebook. 40 people in the auditorium. It was pretty good. I think I'm, I'm feeling good. I've begun to feel good. Uh, yes, there is one thing this there. She has the incumbency advantage. People know her. I'm spreading my message now. Yeah. Quite good. Uh, uh, Vijayji, just want to ask this question. Before that, I request uh, all the viewers to please ask questions to Vibhutiji and to Vijay Sardanaji. And you can ask these questions either through WhatsApp or through the Super Chat. Also, please like this video, share it around. Also, please do not forget to subscribe to our channels if you are coming to it for the first time or you haven't yet subscribed. Push the bell, uh, also press the bell icon. And do remember to support us if you can. Okay. Uh, Vijayadi, this Ukraine war, which uh, the United States has precipitated, and uh, that actually is strengthening United States currency, and uh, Europe is getting hit from every corner. And uh, Germany, it looks like if it goes on for some time, that Germany would be reduced to third world status because they won't have any energy to cook their food with, forget industry. And uh, at the same time, you have a far-right government coming in Italy. And the French have never had much love lost with the United States. Of course, they uh, do business with them uh, because of self-interest. And uh, Brexit is already there. You see a future for the EU, or do you think that this is going to break up? It's a very important question, sir. Uh, let me put it two, three things uh, uh, from the viewer's point of view. 
See, first of all, we have to look at that Europe was anyway, if you look at, is a stagnant economy. Let me put that way. So-called the most uh, developed part of Europe, which is Scandinavia, they survive on royalty. They don't have population, aging population. They accept immigrants and migrants from different parts of the world. So they can run their businesses, their factories, their facilities. There's an acute shortage of competent manpower. Because they have technology advantage long back, so they are able to retain the royalty and certain advantage, or I will say that edge on technology by which they can sustain. Central Europe, the landlocked Europe, is in crisis because majority of them actually look at subsidy for survival. Otherwise, if everything is so efficient in America, in Europe, we talk about efficiency, competency, competitiveness. If Europe is so good in their competitiveness, then why they are giving so much subsidy? It means to sustain their economy, subsidy is essential component. So one side of uh, corporate taxpayers and other organizations, royalties, enough funds are there. Population is thin so that they can sustain and they can offer a lot many things. Plus, wherever the countries they have a social security, the taxes are very, very high. Considering this ground reality, now when the economy is slowing down, the tax collection is bound to be less. How they are going to sustain so-called subsidy bill? And if they don't do it, the prices of basic food, whatever they are producing, has to go up. Otherwise, how farmer is going to you know, sustain their own agriculture activity? So this is a serious issue. It means when food prices will go up in, America, in Europe, then non-food or discretionary spending will go down. It means the other industries, whether you talk about, uh, you know, uh, non-food industries or tourism industry or textile industry or electronics industry, which they were in fancy state were be changing every year or every alternate year. Maybe now they have to shift it to twice the time. Maybe they may change mobile after three years or four years or whatever, depending on their financial strength. That is one aspect. Energy cost is going up which is going to make them very, very expensive. And we have already seen availability of energy itself is becoming a challenge. Most of the industries, those who are exporting from Europe today are demanding higher prices for their raw material or the materials they were supplying because the energy prices are very, very high. It means again in world market, they will be further marginalized or shrinking in their space of the trade. With all these pressures coming from all sides, and once the market relook into their supplies, take example, if I was buying a pesticide from Germany, now Germany is asking me to give another $10 extra for kg. I will move from there to China or India. Now, if I move to China or India, and if I'm able to get it, and I'm happy with the quality, why are later on I should go back to Germany? Unless Germany is cheaper than China or India. Today, people are sticking to Europe because with this assumption that their quality is exceptionally great. But once you have a habit of buying from other alternate sources of the same quality, and these vendors will also upgrade themselves, it will be very tough for Europe to come back to the main line of the market. So there are going to be a lot of complications for Europe. They are still in a different world. Either they have to cut down their salary bills, they have to reduce their taxations, and if they do it, 
there is going to be a direct hit on their social security plans and subsidy plans. So Europe is heading for a serious turmoil economically. And when there is an economic turmoil, whether Europe will have patience, and that is what you are going to look at, whether new prime minister of Italy, how the Euro Europe is going to react, how US, UK is going to react, how other parts of the countries are going to react, and they will assert. And then there is a migrant population, which is going to also need a lot of financial support for sustenance in the name of human rights and etc. etc. So Europe is a classic test case. The biggest loser of Ukraine crisis, maybe they thought that they are supporting a great cause of Ukraine. But I think it is going to be very, very tough for Europe to sustain. Even if, for example, sir, if the Russia loses this war, let's take a hypothetical scenario. Are you saying by force, can they ask Russia to switch on the tap for the gases in winters? It's not easy. So what I'm trying to say is that next six months will redefine the economic order of the world. Winter is very, very crucial to define how the Europe is going to sustain beyond winter. And that will be, as I said, that COVID will change the new world order politically and Ukraine crisis will change the world order economically. And let's see what happens. Okay. And what will happen in this new world order, Vibhutiji? It's beginning to change. It's beginning to change as the, you know, there was a very interesting picture which uh, I think uh, people may have noticed that between the cord and the brick, it's a Modi's picture is in the center. So it is important to know that India has kind of assumed a central role in the world. And I, I think I feel very proud about that. As an Indian American, I feel very proud about that, that India has assumed the role that it deserves to be in. And so, so far, we have been denying ourselves that role. So what, what is important for us to remember, every Indian to remember, is that, you know, we have an important role to play. We have been quiet for far too long for whatever reason, whether it was Congress policies or whatever. It is, as we have often talked about here, that true independence came in 2014. Until then, it was only transfer of power. So think about it from that perspective. It is important for every, every Indian to talk about it. The world order is changing. And thanks to technology, the world world power world order is changing. It is beginning to happen. Europe has eventually, at last, the third law of physics got into motion. I was wondering, it is dead. <laughs> Europe was proving the equal and opposite reaction theory wrong. Now it is picking up. Italy is no joke, and even France is also harsh. In 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 the UK, UK, you have heard about that. Madam Truss has. Not only started printing notes, also she is also raising interest rates. So you can't you can't com, com, contain inflation by printing notes and raising rates. So there are very interesting challenges for Europe, and the Ukraine thing is going to hurt. I think Russia had a long play long play in it to eventually drag them down, and the sanction on Russia we all know now that uh, how Russia survived the sanction. Ruble is doing better than before. And they have ended up squeezing Europe in the ugly winter that is coming. And with the Nord Stream gone, Germany is in tough spot. So, you know, as you know, some, some of my friends say that it was the American play to destroy Europe, Germany, because they were the rising powers of economy. 
So we do not know. This will have to emerge a little bit of a later part. But world order is changing. Different equations are happening. Multilateralism is going. Bilateral, uh, uh, bilateralism is coming back up. So, you know, all these things are a real structural shift happening. And the world order is changing. Who will be the next? We do not know. China has already made itself a very unpopular. Nobody likes China. In, in real terms, the two institutions, two institutions which are hurt very much is that you can't hide. Islam has lost its ideological framework, unfortunately. And China is nobody liking them. So these two, these two elements, unless and until people of these units acknowledge that they are suffering, they acknowledge that something is hurting them, they will go down now onwards. That's the new world order emerging now. Before we go to the questions, just one thing that I would like to share with the listeners and also with both the guests is that the topic of discussion in Pakistan today and almost all day was that the U.S. delegation to the Pentagon uh, to, to sorry to 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 the, the secretary of state was offered only cookies and coffee and dr jayashankar was uh, hosted for a dinner so that is causing an earthquake in pakistan you realize how serious they are with these things okay let's go to the questions <laughs> 